Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning and welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. My name is Brendan and it is Wednesday. And uh, we are back with Carrie Reese and uh, she's my guest today. And we're going to be reading Exodus 19, 2 through 8a. 8a just means it's the beginning of verse 8. Again, weird things this week with all the scripture references. It's like things in parentheses and (laughs) jumping from chapter to chapter and the first part of a verse and things like that. Anyway, um, today we're going to be reading through this passage and just reflecting on it. So, um, Carrie, would you mind reading this one for us? Sure. Okay. Thank you. Exodus 19, starting at verse 2. They set out from Rehobodin and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders to the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All of the, all that the Lord had spoken we will do. Thank you, Carrie. Um, so, is there anything that kind of grabbed you out of this passage? So, he is, God is reminding them about what happened in Egypt. I assume he's talking about, you know, crossing the Red Sea and, mm-hmm. um, you know, drowning the Egyptians. Um, and then it seems as though he's giving them a choice, um, kind of saying, um, you're my special people and I want you to be my special people, but you have to o- obey my voice and keep my covenant. Mm-hmm. And, the, and basically the whole earth is mine, but you're my special people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I wondered, do they really have a choice? I mean... You know, um, you know, kind of God gets what he wants, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think he's, I think basically he's saying, I've chosen you, Israel, to represent me to the rest yeah. of the world. And in order to do that, you need to obey my voice and keep my covenant and represent me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I came out with that. Yeah. So what, I mean, you, you said an interesting phrase right there, um, do they have a choice? Yeah, I know. I, I kind of, yeah, I wrote a little note. What do you think? Well, I mean, what, where does that come from? 
if they have a choice or not? Yeah. Well, because he said, well, you have to do this. And they all said, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. And uh-huh. then like you read on and they don't do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, yeah. but they're still God's people. Yep. You know, they're still God's chosen people. So mm-hmm. yep. I'm not sure if they really. Isn't that weird though? Yeah. They, he says, but you've got to do what I, yeah. I'd say. And then they don't, but right. then they continue to be his chosen people. Mm-hmm. So they that's say they funny. will. Uh-huh. They say they're going to do it. Uh-huh. You know, at least like for the child. people who say they're going to do it. Yeah. No, at least they say it. <laughs> um, yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a whole big old conversation that has been going on in the church for hundreds, if not thousands of years about, you know, choice, free will versus mm-hmm. predestination. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, do they really have a choice and all that stuff? But I think uh, what's important is that in this moment, um, they say everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Mm-hmm. Even if they end up going against it. I mean, I know it's it's going to be, I mean, Jesus says it's it's better if you say that you're not going to do something and then you do it versus if you, you know, say you're going to do something and then you don't do it. Like I'd rather have people who are actually obeying my commands. But in this scripture passage, if we don't mm-hmm. have anything else to look at, we see that the people respond and go, okay. Everything the Lord has said, we're going to do it. It kind of feels like a pep talk, like a like you know, mm-hmm. you're you're getting ready to go out on the field to play like a important football game or soccer game, and they're all just like, yeah, 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 we're going to yeah, do it, you know. And it. then, okay, you know, we'll see. Yep. Sometimes it just doesn't work out the way you planned. <laughs> yep. But look, I mean, look at what God does, though. Again and again and again, God has these little pep talks with them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't leave them alone. Right. They're never orphans. They, they don't ever leave God's favor. God continues to come to them and try to renew the covenant. You know, and be like, remember how I did that one thing for you? Remember how I mm-hmm. how I delivered you? Yep. Remember what I did in your life? Um, okay, I know things are different now, but I'm going to be your God. And just be my people. You know, just agree to the covenant. Like, mm-hmm. be in covenant with me. And here they renew the covenant and say, yes, we will. Mm-hmm. And then they fall. Mm-hmm. And then God comes in again at Sinai. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will. And then they fall. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will. And then they fall. God never lets them go. Right. You know, he con- continues to pursue them. And um, I think this is just, this is like our lives, right? Like how many times mm-hmm. does God <laughs> continue to pursue us? I delivered you. I rescued you. Um, I answered your prayers. I showed up. And in ways that surprised you and overly abundantly gave you everything you needed. And, and you're still afraid. You mm-hmm. still fall. You still don't trust me. And continues to extend the covenant. You know, okay, Jesus, once and for all, mm-hmm. this is my new covenant, right? So, yeah, definitely love the covenant language in here. Um, I think that's a huge, I think it's a huge insight, Gary. Thanks for bringing that out. Um, to me, it was the whole um, kingdom, the priestly kingdom. This is a language from First. Pe- I mean, First Peter borrows um, this language. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to be a kingdom of priests, holy nation, mm-hmm. yeah. chosen people. Um, and to your point about, do they really have a choice? Um, maybe, maybe not. But God definitely has a choice, right? right? Like right. that's what's important in this passage and he chooses them to be 
to be priests, to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And he's, and then he says this, like the whole earth is mine. Mm -hmm. That is to say, like, I'm not choosing you to be mine. Like the whole earth is mine. I'm choosing you to be priestly representations of my kingdom on earth. Like that's a totally different thing. And I think a lot of times we like this concept of like election, you know, like the elect, I think we have this totally backwards. Um, Suzanne McDonald, one of my professors, um, she wrote a book called Reimaging Election. And she talks all about this emissional perspective of election and going like, okay, the whole earth is God's. He didn't like choose Israel. Like these are just, that's the only people he has as his own. Right. He appoints them. The elect people are the ones who are chosen to go represent the king in the world. You know? The elect people are the holy priesthood. Yeah, they're the sent yeah. ones. Yeah. They're the ones who are, are charged with making the good news known, of extending the blessing, right? So I love that God, I mean, that, that's the whole image of a priest. Like if you've got a church and you have a priest or pastor, mm -hmm. the job of the pastor is to facilitate the relationship between God and the rest of the people, right. not to be the only one who's a Christian, right? right? Like right. the pastor's job is to facilitate that relationship, right? And it's the same thing for the priestly kingdom here where God's like, you guys aren't the only ones who have it. You're just the ones who are supposed to help facilitate this relationship between God and the rest of the world. That's your job. That's how, why you're elect. So mm -hmm. anyway, I think, uh, so that's why that stuck out to me is because I, I think I feel really strongly about um, the kingdom of priests and the fact that we as the church are not the container of God's blessing. Like God's blessing goes out through the whole world, but we're the ones who act to, to help facilitate that relationship and go, that blessing that you're experiencing is actually from God and you don't even know it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Right. When I was doing the discipleship class, Ray Vanderland talked about that and talked about that as um, the, um, I think I said about the, the priests or the priesthood. They are, they're like how um, the world sees God because yeah. God's not, well, in, in, I mean, now you have the Holy Spirit, too, so that adds another thing. But back then, you had, um, you know, you didn't have you didn't have Jesus. You didn't have the Holy Spirit to right. see God. And the priests acted as that. Does that? Yeah. That's yep. kind of, that was my understanding of what, um, like, how he was teaching. Yes. Know? Yes, definitely. They enact, they enact God's will mm -hmm. in the world in a way that you can see it. They embody right. it. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit empowers all the believers to do. And that I mean. does, that's how we do it now. I mean, that's yep. the idea is that we are, you know, images of, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully, you know, Jesus. Yeah. And <laughs> at that we're point, we're working towards that at least. At that point, the spirit was on the one, the one priest, imperfect priest, right? Mm -hmm. And now through Jesus, the perfect high priest uh, comes the Holy Spirit to all believers, mm -hmm. right? So that doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. You're, a living representation of God's kingdom on earth. You're a, you're a, an image, a picture of that. So let that be an encouragement to you today. Um, as you move to turn off this podcast, know that uh, you are empowered by God, elected by God, chosen by God to be a channel of his blessing, to be a conduit, to be a 
facilitator between God and people, that God loves them and is for them. And um, also, um, God's covenant is for you. And no matter how many times you feel like you've fall, fell, fallen or failed or broken God's covenant, um, God's covenant love is is unstoppable and continues to reach out and, and pursue you. So just know that. So with that, have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday, and we will be on your playlist tomorrow morning. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Thank you.